Thank you for joining us today. God is true to his word. He takes care of his children. In all aspects of our lives, we must make godly decisions and trust him for the outcome. The ever-increasing deprivation in our secular society is unrelenting, yet we should not be surprised because God said these things would be. We must stand firm, always making godly decisions no matter what. Listen as Pastor Rander ministers to us with Bible, pen, and paper handy. I need you now. Help the people of God to not be distracted in technology or thoughts, but that they would focus and give attention to what thus said the Lord. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, amen. Well, the first scripture comes from Numbers 13, 1 and 2. Numbers chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. I asked uh, you last week to read the entirety of uh, chapters 13 and 14 of the book of Numbers. How many of you did that? Okay, look, one or two, okay. You have a homework. Some of you flunked the assignment, okay? We want you to read chapters 13 and 14. And we want you to read those chapters particularly about three times so that you can get it in your soul and get it in your spirit. Spend your time because we're laboring with those particular passages and it would take some time to read those in the celebration uh, worship. But for now, turn to Numbers 13, 1 and 2. Uh, We're preaching through a series entitled Achieving Success Through Godly Decision-Making. Achieving Success Through Godly Decision-Making. Decision-making is so, so critical uh, in the lives of all people. However, as for believers, our ultimate goal is to please and glorify God by submitting every decision to the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because he is the all-wise God. He knows where you are right now. He knows where you've been, and he knows where you're headed. And since God knows all that, it is incumbent upon all of us to seek the Lord and to surrender our decisions to him. Every decision we make in life has consequences and even unintended consequences that will either bring us success or failure. With that in mind, we are wise indeed if we cry out to God for spiritual discernment, allowing him to direct our path and order our steps so that we can live the successful Christian life to the glory of God. Proverbs 3, 5, 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In every decision, acknowledge him. About your children, acknowledge him. About tonight, acknowledge him. Where you are right now, acknowledge him. What you're going through right now, acknowledge him. And he shall direct your path. He will order your steps. He knows which way you ought to go. And you will make less of a mess in your life if you allow our Lord to order your steps. With that being said, let's look at some decision-making principles based on Numbers chapters 13 and 14. Uh, Number one, if we make a decision to listen to God, he will always be clear. You have to make a decision to listen to God or you'll find yourself just going around and around in circles, uh, having no sense of direction, no sense of purpose, and you're 40, 50, 80 years old, still not knowing what God will have you to do. 
if we would only make a decision to listen to God, he will always give us clear, concise, specific instructions. Let's look at Numbers uh, chapter 13, verses 1 and 2, and it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am given to the children of Israel from each tribe of their fathers. You shall send a man, every one a leader among them. Now skip over to, uh, move on down to uh, Numbers chapter 13, verses 17 through 20. Look at 17 through 20. Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go up this way into the south. Look at the specific instructions and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like. Whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad. Whether the cities are inhabit or like they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are forests there or not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first grapes. You see in his specific in instructions, as I said, God's instructions. They are always clear, concise, and specific. God gave Israel clear, specific instructions on who to send, which way to go, and what to look for. <laughs> who to send, which way to go, and what to look for. Is that clear? And you know what? So it is with your life. God knows what you ought to do, when you ought to do it, and how you ought to do it. God's instructions are never fuzzy. God's instructions are never uncertain. And God's instructions are never vague. But rather, God gives clear instructions. He gives direct instructions, and he is decisive in his instructions. Therefore, if you're going to hear God, you got to be quiet. Don't talk so much. Hush. Be yourself still. Cut off the noise factors. And let God talk to you. Let him talk to you. And let him tell you what he wants you to do according to his word and by his Holy Spirit. For he will tell you what you need to do at this junction of your life. And he will tell you the plan he has for you and which way you ought to go, particularly at those points of crossroads. B, the Lord's instructions are never aimless and without a purpose. God just doesn't be talking to talk. God has an aim and purpose in mind. The Lord's instructions are never aimless and without purpose. His desired outcome was to have Israel go spy out the land, go explore the land, and go evaluate the land. He had a purpose in mind. His desired outcome was to have them go spy the land, explore the land, evaluate the land of Canaan. And through this process, Israel's faith would be strengthened and Israel would also be taught to trust and have confidence in the Lord through the process. 
It's through the process as we trust God. He builds our trust, our confidence. He strengthens us. And going into that land that was promised to them, God was going to do something through Israel to the glory of God if they would only adhere to his instructions. See, if we obey God's word, we will have his protection. If we obey God's word, we will have his deliverance. Now, don't expect God to protect you while you are in rebellion against him. Don't ask God to deliver you from where you are if you want to do what you want to do, how you want to do it. He's not going to send down blessings on your life if you're stubborn. Uh, You know, save yourself some unnecessary trouble and start listening to God today. How many of you would be far better off had you been listening to God? How many of you have made some mess in your life simply because you did it your way, which only brought about pain and suffering? My friends, you cannot have it your way and expect blessings from God. Secondly, don't be afraid to make tough or unpopular decisions. Life has some tough, it has tough, unpopular decisions. When you know what God is leading you to do, expect resistance and press on. There's always somebody to tell you, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't take this job, you shouldn't go here, you shouldn't do this. And sometimes you're guilty of allowing people to to talk what God is saying to you to talk you out of the instructions from the Lord. Don't be afraid to make tough or unpopular decisions. When you know what God is leading you to do, expect resistance, but press on. Refuse to wait for someone to endorse your decisions before you obey God. That's right. You, you can't please everybody. That's why I don't know why people want to be president of the United States. I mean, have you ever seen the president when they go in office and when they get ready to come out of office, they go in looking young and vibrant and fresh. And when uh, about that seventh or eighth year, if they get two terms, they look all gray and old and beat up as if their body is saying, I can't wait till I get out of here. (laughs) Be careful what you ask for. Because the high up you go, uh, there's a, a ton of responsibility and weight that's laid upon you. Now, the other side is that, well, I don't have to have anybody tell me anything. I just listen to God and that's all I need. And so you don't hear the counsel of your wife. You don't hear the counsel of those who love you. You have children who don't listen to the counsel of their parents. Matter of fact, the Bible says there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel. So you can get on a pride kick. I don't need anybody to tell me anything at any time. All I got to do is just listen to God. Listen to God. Well, that's true. God knows best. But I tell you what, sometimes your pride can send you on another course. And, And God put those persons around you in your life, especially those who love you, have no agenda to nurture you. Uh, to, to, to help give you guidance. Uh, God speak also directly, but he also speak through people, spirit-filled people who know the Lord, who's in the word, and who are spiritually mature. God has those persons around you to speak into your life. And I'm going to tell you something strange. Do you realize God can even speak through a pagan to you? Did you not know that? 
I mean, I've heard from God to somebody that didn't even know the Lord. I tell you what, I've even had God speak um, through children to me. I never will forget, we were coming from Houston many, many, many years ago, and my son Randy was quite small, and he was playing with some toys in the back. We were coming from Houston just after Christmas, and we were listening to James Dobson give some profound counsel over the uh, radio, and I told my wife, I said, man, I, I, I told her, I said, you know, the, the kinds of biblical guidance he's given, I know he's a wanted man on Satan's hit list. I never shall forget this. And he stopped playing with his toy and suddenly said, Satan hates you too. And I was jolted. I just said, did you hear that? He said, Satan hates me too. And then he just kept playing with the ball just like nothing had ever happened. He just, it was just abrupt. And I knew that was God speaking through that boy at that time. Satan hates you too. And God was reminding me through him that I'm just as high on Satan's hit list as James Dobson. And what I'm saying is that God will even speak through children. If you're listening, God is speaking. Amen? So don't be afraid to make tough or unpopular decisions uh, and, and refuse to wait for everyone to endorse your decisions before you obey God. Numbers 13 of 30 through 31 says, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Look at the resistance from the 10 going against Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb saying, we can overcome it. But the 10 doubting of faithless spies saying, we can't. We're not able to go up. And so you will always have some resistance uh, when you try to do the right thing before the Lord. But press on and do the right thing anyway, uh, to the glory of God. And then I want to say this, you are destined to miss God's blessings if you make the decision to view your problems larger than God. You are destined to miss God's blessings if you make the decision to view your problems larger than God. Numbers 13, 28a says, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. God had already promised Israel victory. All they had to do uh, was trust and obey. He'd already promised them victory. All they had to do was trust and obey, but they did not get the blessing because of their doubt, because they failed to trust and obey God. Numbers 13, 33 says, there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants. In other words, they saw the people of that land, they were strong, they were tall, and they were of great size. Scripture also says, and we were like grasshoppers in our sight, and so we were in their sight. Instead of the ten spies seeing themselves as grasshoppers, they should have seen the people of Canaan as grasshoppers because of having a great God on their side. Isaiah 40, 22a says, It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. My friends, the way you view yourself is oftentimes the way others will see you. You have a low view of yourself, 
and uh, you, you, you don't think well of yourself, then people will not think well of you either. The way you view yourself is oftentimes the way others will view you and see you. Listen, God does not see you as insignificant. So why do you see yourself as insignificant? If God doesn't see you as insignificant, why are, uh, why are you seeing yourself as insignificant? We were made in the image of God, which means we have value. Because we're made in the image of God, we must not let anybody redefine us. Beloved, we are children of the most high God. We have value. We have worth. We have potential because we are children of the most high king. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, my friends. We, we are royal priesthood. We are a chosen generation. We are king's kids to the glory of almighty God. We were made in his image and his likeness. So we ought to, we ought to thank God that we are children of the king. Thirdly, the majority is not always right. The majority is not always right. Therefore, make a decision to be willing to stand your ground for the Lord, even if you have to stand alone. Just because a whole lot of people are saying the same thing doesn't mean it's necessarily true. Numbers 13, chapter 13, verses 30. And 32a, it says, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let's go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against this people for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out. At this point, it was 10 against two. Caleb and Joshua were urging the people to go up and immediately take possession of the land as God had said, while the other 10 spies discouraged the people with a bad report by saying it couldn't be done. Israel's rebellion against God was due to a failure to believe God by faith and trust in the promises of God. Do you hear what I just said? Israel's rebellion against God was due to a failure to believe God by faith and trust in God's promises. Numbers 14.9. Take a look at that. Numbers 14.9. It says, only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Do not fear them. Right there in that verse, you see fear twice. Look at that verse in 14.9 of Numbers. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Underline that, this, this portion. Nor fear the people of the land. Look at the verse a little bit closer. For they are our bread, their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Underline this. Do not fear them. Why does God tell us not to fear? Why does God tell us not to fear? Number one, fear causes us not to trust God's word. Fear causes us not to trust God's word. Numbers chapter 13, verse 2a says, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. Let me reiterate that. 
Ascend men to spot out the land, which I am, listen, which I am giving. He says, I'm going to, I, I'm giving it to you. It's yours. I, I, I made a promise to give it to you. Go take it. Go possess it. My friends, God promised Abraham, God promised Isaac, and God promised Jacob the land and reaffirmed that promise through Moses. Did you get what I said? God promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob the land and reaffirmed that promise through Moses. Let's look at the scripture on some of these land promises, if you will. Genesis 12, 7 says, just jot them down if you can't get there fast enough. Uh, Genesis 12, 7 says about this land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your descendants, I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Genesis 17, 8 says, also, I give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger. All the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession. And I will be their God. Genesis 35, 12 says, the land which I gave Abraham and Isaac, I give to you and to your descendants after you, I give this land. In Exodus 3, 8, it says, so I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to a place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. I'm giving, look, the promises, promises, promises made to the forefathers. It says, now go take the land. You are just about there. Go take it. My promises promises. Uh, why does God tell us not to fear? Secondly, fear causes us to take our eyes off the Lord, which results in a fear of the unknown. Fear causes us to take our eyes off the Lord, which results in a fear of the unknown and a loss of trust and confidence in Christ. Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. My friends, when you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Let me say it again. When you keep your eyes fixed, say fixed. Yes. Say it again. Yes. Fixed on Jesus, not the White House, not Hollywood, not your circumstances. When you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, you won't fret when you don't know what is happening in your life. When the uncertainties of life becomes perplexed to you, when you don't understand what is happening to your children, you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. When you're trying to take those professional exams and certifications and you don't know the outcome or you are intimidated of the prospects of taking those exams, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. How many of you have health challenges? Don't be afraid. Just raise your hand if you have some. And if you don't have any, count yourself blessed. And, and, and matter of fact, I hope you never have them, but they come and they come. Just keep saying, I don't have that. I don't have this. Well, keep, keep living. The body is not made to be here forever. Amen. It's breaking down and um, you got health challenges. Perhaps something has gone on your body and you don't even know it. But through those health challenges, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Through layoffs, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Through financial difficulties, 
through opposition, through injustice, through the pressures of life. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. What is going on with the economy? Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. You're concerned about the future. Will I have adequate finances for retirement? Will Social Security be there for me? Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And as you do that, there will be a calmness that comes over you. You'll be at rest when you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. You won't be torn to pieces and you won't just let go and just give up. We lose when we say we belong to God, yet do not do the things he says. When we surrender our lives, we are saying that we willingly live in total submission to him. Jesus willingly suffered and died for us, thereby paying for our salvation in full. We must stand on the promises of God no matter what the cost, because in the end, we will inherit eternal life free of charge. The price has been paid in full. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.